Hi, welcome to Life After Baby. I'm your host, Leslie Hudson. From bottles to books, diapers to dorms, and everything in between, each week I interview parenting experts to help me navigate life as a new mom. So we wanted to bring in someone that could talk about the best setup that you have at home to get your kids ready for school. So Stephanie Lint is a physical therapist. She owns Play at Home Physical Therapy, and she is a mom to two kids. Um, so we wanted to bring her in to kind of talk about what you need to know for back to school. So thanks for joining me, Stephanie. Can you tell me a little about yourself? Hi, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I am a pediatric physical therapist, um, and I do have my own practice, Play at Home Physical Therapy, where we provide pediatric physical therapy treatment in home for baby's birth up until 10 years. Prior to this, I have worked uh, across the board in many different settings at different hospitals, um, and I have seen my fair share of kids who need assistance with positioning in chairs, equipment, and so I thought this would be a great time to share my knowledge to help children set up the ideal situation for their virtual learning. Absolutely, and I guess let's get right to it. You know, with the spring, people kind of were, obviously this was thrown on people, and so they kind of made makeshift, you know, turn their dining room into the school, and I've seen, you know, this time around, people are able to plan a little bit more, they buy furniture. So if people could have the, the own room or a special area, what should they have to set up their kids for online learning? As far as positioning goes, uh, we want to follow the 90-90-90 rule, which means that the feet, the knees, and the hips are all positioned in a 90 degree angle. So equipment for this would be some type of table or desk for, for your laptop, your computer, and a good chair. Um, ideally, the chair would be, would be the right size for the child, but we all know that that's not always the case. We're, a lot of times we're using chairs that are just in the house, but there are definitely ways to adapt them so that it can fit the child best and support them in their best posture. Um, so, nothing fancy here. Uh, for the feet, they can be supported on a stool or a box. I'm sure lots of people are getting things through delivery right now, so there's lots of boxes to go around. Um, or even a couple of stacked books to rest the feet on top of to create that 90 degree angle at the ankle and foot. Um, and then going right up, the knees then follow that 90 degree suit if your feet are at the right angle and then your hips being at 90 degrees. So if the chair is fitted correctly, the low back and, the, and your bottom should be up against the back of the chair with your feet flat. So that creates that 90 degree angle at the hips. However, if the chair is too deep or it's just a bigger chair, uh, what parents can do is just put pillows behind their child's back so that it creates more of that upright posture and it creates contact with the low back. Um, and that's what really helps kids sit up straight. The next thing that we can address is the head and the neck because we see a lot of injuries from kids all the way up through adults uh, with looking at screens um, with their neck not at the right angle. So ideally, we want the head to be in a neutral position. So this just means that the head is centered 
and we're not looking too far up, too far down, or to the side to see the computer screen. What I love to recommend is just getting, again, just like the feet, getting some stacked books or a box that you can rest your computer monitor or a laptop on so that the child is looking directly at the screen and that it's at eye level to prevent any weird neck positioning. Um, because even though they're children and they're young, holding that position for an extended amount of time is gonna take its toll after a while. So that's really important to know. Uh, I know they recommend for adults to take breaks throughout the day and stretch every you know hour. So is that, do you also recommend that for kids as well? Yes, absolutely. So these recommendations are applicable to these kids in school, but also to adults all the way, all the way to the, to the elderly. Everybody just wants the same thing to sit correctly and to not have pain. So taking breaks, I think is going to be really important for this virtual learning. Another alternative to traditional sitting can be sitting on an exercise ball. And this is a favorite recommendation of mine if you have a kid who is, is more of a fidgety kid and enjoys moving. So they can wiggle, they can bounce, but they're still seated in front of their computer and feel like they have a little bit more freedom while they're learning. Um, and then the final position is kneeling on the knees. Uh, lifting the booty up off of the heels. Um, this is a position I like to call tall kneeling. Um, and you can kneel on blankets to pad the knees for more comfort. Um, this, is a, this is a core burner, core <laughs> exercise here. So I don't know if, if it's a long-term position for a kid to learn in, but it's just a nice alternative, even if they're there for 10, 15 minutes tops, still a nice little break for them to be in a different position. Um, keeping in mind all of those recommendations was still having the computer screen at eye level, et cetera. Um, and I do have a couple of fun activities that are actually more like motor breaks um, for kids to just help them get through this virtual day. <laughs> mm. um, so the first one is if you have exercise bands in the house, um, if your child is sitting in a chair that has four legs, you can tie a band to the leg on the right side and a band to the leg on the left side. And it can be in a loop. And if your child is sitting and feels the need to squirm, they've got 10 more minutes left of their virtual team mm. and they just don't know if they can make it, they can put their foot into one of the loops and just start giving a kick with the band. It takes out a lot of energy and it gives them a little bit of something else to, to focus on. And it doesn't, doesn't have to be equal on both sides or anything like that. We're just giving their body a little something to do while they're learning. Um, another, another thing that we can do, I, as I had mentioned earlier, is using the exercise ball to sit on. What mm -hmm. is also really fun, and this ties back into that the proprioception idea is that you can lay your child on their belly on the floor. And I like to call this rolling out the pizza dough <laughs> where uh, you can actually put the exercise ball on top of them and just roll the ball up and down the back of their body. Um, when I do it in the, as a treatment technique, I'll ask the kids what kind of pizza they like, what kind of toppings they like, Ooh. we'll add in the cheese, add in the pepperoni. Uh, while we're while we're rolling back and forth, 
And this is another really nice activity for proprioception and body awareness. So it serves as a nice little reset button for these kids who just need, need a little motor break. Absolutely. I think that's great. And especially that kind of serves as a reminder to the adults too, because you know, I'm sure if the kids are sitting learning, the parents are alongside them doing their own work or sitting as well to kind of take breaks and you know, stretch and move their bodies a little bit too so they get a little bit active and loosen up some things. Um, are there any kind of stretches that kids should be doing either before or at the end of the day um, since they have been sitting for so long? Sure, so one of my favorite activities for kids to do that's not necessarily a stretch, uh, but it's just like a great warm up uh, for the day are to do animal walks. Um, so these, my favorite for this type of, this type of scenario would be the bear walk, um, which is basically crawling um, on the hands and feet uh, with, with the bottom kind of up in the air. So if you're familiar with yoga, like a downward dog position, but you're walking forward in it. Okay. Uh, growling is necessary during, <laughs> right? Um, so a bear walk, um, crab walks, um, and then doing something I like to call an inchworm, which is a really, this is a really big core exercise, but uh, where the child is in a plank position on the hands and the feet, and they're basically walking the feet forward first and then walking the hands out. <laughs> so they're inching along. <laughs> uh, that, one, that one is more of a challenge, but it's a great way just to wake up the body and get organized for your focused learning. Um, those are three of my favorite, I would say, for the beginning of the day. That also sounds like a great way to still kind of have a little bit of ritual, even though you know they're not going to the bus and they're not walking into their classroom, but you can kind of break up in between, okay, breakfast and when, you know, when school starts, you got to do your little animal walks. And that also sounds like a great time for parents to catch up on more coffee while they're <laughs> doing these little walks. At least Another that's what huge do. necessity for virtual schooling. <laughs> Absolutely. Or parenting in general. <laughs> Can't live without that. Um, is there anything I know, you know, as adults, that, uh, you know, if we're on our computer and typing um, all day, you can sometimes feel a toll on your arms or your hands. Is there anything that kids need as far as that kind of setup goes? So going back to that 90-90-90 position that I had mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. uh, there also can be a 90 degree angle in the arms uh, where at the elbow. So it's nice to have the forearms supported by the desk if if it's able to be done that way with the home setup. A lot of times a Bluetooth keyboard is more helpful if you are putting your child on a laptop um, where the keyboard is attached to the laptop. Maybe having an accessory laptop is nice so that way you can get the ideal setup and positioning for the wrist and the forearms. Um, I haven't really heard of many kids getting like an overuse injury such as carpal tunnel like you might see in adults. Um, I know for adults, it's still very applicable, but sometimes adults like to have a soft pad um, mm -hmm. in front of the keyboard 
for to, to prop their wrists on, but still having that 90 degree angle in the elbow and forearm support is, is really important across the board. That makes sense. And so I would imagine a lot of what you're saying applies to adults too. So even if we think it, it may feel a little bit comfier to, to sit on the couch or to be sitting up in bed, uh, we should be really at our table, everything 90 degrees, what we should be doing. Ideally, yes. I understand that everybody needs a change of scenery. So maybe even adults would benefit from some, some tummy work down on the floor or mm -hmm. kneeling or sitting on a ball. Um, those are great options uh, rather than sitting on the couch or in bed in that slouch position because it, it, especially on an adult, it, it will take its effect. Mm -hmm. So they, if they do bear walks, they probably don't need to growl. <laughs> or is that still beneficial? <laughs> I think it could be a family activity. For other reasons. I know growling is necessary optional for adults, I would say. Okay, good to know. <laughs> Those are all fantastic tips. And I think that's, like we said, you know, definitely something for people to think about for both the students and for their at-home teachers as well. Um, are there any other activities or uh, things that you could think of that would be great for kids? Sure. So even though we're not going in person to school, um, backpack wearing is still really important. Um, just for proper wearing technique, having the backpack high up on the back with the straps pulled tight is the best, uh, best way because we're keeping the load of the backpack close to the body. But what's nice about having the backpack is you can also use that as another tool to help with kids who may need a little bit more input uh, to help them focus throughout their virtual learning. So putting some weight into the backpack, nothing crazy, maybe a soup can or two um, into the backpack and have the kid maybe take a walk around the block with you as a break. Uh, it's just a nice way to give them a little bit more feedback. Again, love that, that buzzword, proprioception, uh, feedback to the body to help them focus. That's fantastic. And it's just another great way to kind of bring back the things they're used to in school, even though they're not actually in schools. Yeah, trying to keep, I think, the kids as close to regular school schedule, regular school happenings as can be right now, I think is going to be really important this year. You know, should they, I know kind of it depends on their school and how, you know, the school's structured, but should they still, you know, make sure to have activities in the playroom ready or, you know, have recess outside? you know, other activities they should be doing throughout the day? Um, I think you, you hit the nail on the head is just giving them just time for free play outdoors, if possible, is going to be really important. Just letting kids be able to let loose without having the structure of the school day, I think is going to be really vital um, for everybody during the virtual learning time. Hopefully, hopefully the virtual learning time is not forever, <laughs> but during, during the foreseeable future, I think that outside, unstructured, let the kids run wild time is gonna be really important. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, adults get used to, you know, our routines and rituals, but I think having kids relearn everything and especially, you know, it might be tighter schedules at home with trying to adjust for other people's schedules. So I think definitely letting them, you know, have that minute to run around and do whatever they want is a great idea. 
Um, so you have given us so much fantastic information. Can you kind of talk about a little bit of um, what you do and then also where people can learn more about you? Sure. So my practice, Play at Home Physical Therapy, uh, provides in-home pediatric physical therapy to children um, ages birth to 10 years throughout the greater Philadelphia area. Uh, right now we are in Delaware, Montgomery, Philadelphia, and Chester counties. Um, my practice now with the pandemic is functioning mostly on virtual visits. Um, and we have been able to do some great outdoor visits uh, since we entered the green phase, which has been really exciting and beneficial, especially for some of um, my older kids who weren't loving telehealth, weren't loving listening to mom and dad doing PT exercises. Yep. Um, so that's been really nice. Um, you know, the, the hope is that hopefully starting earlier in 2021 than later, we'll be able to get back to our in the home practice. Um, but I, I started this practice because I wanted to marry the two settings that I was working in, hospital outpatient and early intervention. Um, I heard very similar complaints from parents and outpatients saying, hey, this is kind of hard getting my kid here every week or parents waiting for early intervention to start because sometimes it can take one month, two months sometimes to get started. So I wanted to provide that outpatient physical therapy, but in the convenience of the home for the child and the family. Um, so I'm really excited about, about the practice. Um, if you are looking for more information, our website is playathomept.com. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the handle is Play at Home PT. Fantastic. And uh, one more quick question before I let you go. Um, so I started this podcast as um, since I have a 15-month-old and I'm trying to navigate postpartum life and I'm learning that there is a lot that I didn't know and learned a lot. And um, if you could offer, I would say, pregnant moms and new parents, one piece of advice, what would you say to them? I would say to accept the help when it is offered and to surround yourself with a village of people who have been through it. Um, and I know for me personally, um, having my, my own mom um, my mother-in-law, my grandmothers, but also my friends who already had kids. Um, there's nothing more sacred than mom friends, I, I think. And just having, having people to, to talk to, to let loose, to vent about um, what you're going through, I think is so important. Especially it's the kind of friends that, you know, they may drop off food for you and you don't let, you know, you don't invite them in and that's fine. Or someone else comes over and says, do you need me to do chores or what do you need? And I totally agree that makes a huge difference in those first few months yeah. and then, you know, throughout motherhood as well. But having that tribe is, that's a fantastic resource. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great chat today. Absolutely. So thanks for tuning in to Life After Baby. We'd like to thank Stephanie Lint from 
Play at Home Physical Therapy for joining us today. This show is a production of Crimson Planet Media and our theme song was created by Doug Keller. When the kids are finally asleep, visit our new podcast network at keystonedigital.tv and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Life After Baby Show. And don't forget to take care of yourself so you can take better care of them.